Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Welcome back to the Silver Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I'm going to talk about five reasons we don't realize our drinking is a problem. There are a ton of reasons, but in this episode, I want to cover five of them. You'll learn how prevalent lack of awareness is in problem drinkers and what the steps are moving through complete unawareness into acceptance. I'll explain factors that contribute to denial, like how alcohol impacts our memory, how society makes it more challenging to accept that you need to get sober, and how we convince ourselves that we couldn't possibly have a problem. So let's dig in. Illness 
Wellness awareness is recognizing that you have an illness and it's a major barrier to getting help for all sorts of medical conditions, especially for mental health. According to a 2015 study, about 55% of people who are diagnosed with alcohol use disorder don't seek out treatment because they don't think that they have a problem. And even when someone does go into treatment, about 46% leave treatment early because they don't see any good reason to stop drinking or using drugs. Recognizing that you have a problem is critical for our motivation to start and stick with our recovery plan. Lack of illness awareness is very common in psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and in conditions like Alzheimer's, diabetes, and obesity. I discussed this more back in episode 56, High Functioning Alcoholics and Denial, so make sure to check that one out too. Illness awareness for alcohol use disorder is made up of four parts. General illness awareness, meaning... I have a problem with alcohol. Accurate symptom attribution, meaning my misery is from my drinking. Awareness of the need for help and awareness of the negative consequences from your drinking. The alcohol use awareness and insight scale includes the following questions. My experiences are due to my drinking. I have a drinking problem. I need help for my drinking. I can safely continue my current drinking habits. My drinking has led to negative consequences in my life and I need treatment for my drinking. A 2021 study by Kim and colleagues published in Drug and Alcohol Dependence looked at participants with hazardous or harmful alcohol consumption and found that they had very low illness awareness and did not believe their drinking was problematic at all. They found that awareness scores were positively correlated with audit scores, meaning that people with a greater dependence on alcohol were more aware of having alcohol use disorder. This is good news, but this makes it harder for people who identify as gray area drinkers to actually stop. Their drinking makes them unhappy, but it's not bad enough to stop for good, and they may continue back and forth forever, never finding real freedom or happiness. So I want to cover five main reasons why it's so hard for us to accept that we have a problem and need to stop drinking. Number one, we're around it all the time and we just want to be normal. We see people around us drinking and everybody else seems normal. They're drinking just as much as we are, but aren't complaining about consequences or feeling like they need to stop. This is what I believe for so long, but the issue is we don't know what they're doing when they go home and we don't see them 24-7. Everyone thought that I was a social drinker who just liked to party and have fun sometimes, but they didn't see the pre-gaming and post-gaming, how miserable my drinking made me, and how much I obsessed over it. The people who you're looking at, who you think are normal, might not be either. I was convinced that everyone drank like me. And this is why I was so afraid to go to my first sober wedding. Everyone there had seen me drink and party for years, and I thought they drank just as much or more than I did. I expected constant pressure and judgment, but the reality was that nobody cared. The wedding was so tame, it was almost boring compared to what my old idea of fun was. And the fact I couldn't get over was people didn't drink as much as I thought they did. 
I expected to be really uncomfortable because I was the only sober person around heavy drinkers, but most people were fine. I felt embarrassed even because I was imagining what I must have looked like to them and whether or not people thought I was an alcoholic back then. You might be thinking that everyone drinks just as much as you do and that what you're doing is normal, but you might be surprised when you go to a social event without drinking. Two, we normalize blackouts, heavy drinking, and hangovers, and this prevents self-reflection. Everyone blacks out, right? Everyone goes to work hungover sometimes, right? No, they actually don't. I'm not saying just because you black out or go to work hungover means you're an alcoholic, but what I'm saying is this isn't normal, acceptable behavior. Society has normalized these consequences from drinking alcohol, and all this does is prevent us from reflecting on them. If you think everyone blacks out and you're blacking out every weekend, then it's easy to excuse what's going on and rationalize why you're not that bad. Blacking out's scary and dangerous. It's not a normal part of the human experience. Three, we are used to feeling terrible. So our baseline wellness is really low. You get used to being miserable all the time and you adapt. Sober people will often say, I don't know how I lived like that. And it's so true. We don't realize how horrible we feel all the time until we get some space from it. Getting four to six hours of sleep a night and having hangovers every day was normal for me. So I got used to it. We convince ourselves that it's just the way we're supposed to feel or that we're getting old, but we don't have to feel horrible all the time. I think it's pretty impressive what us problem drinkers can put up with. People complain about their job or being tired and they don't know anything. Imagine adding no sleep, a hangover, and crippling shame on top of all of that. Number four, the stigma. I couldn't possibly have a problem, not me. We compare ourselves to society's definition of an alcoholic, which is a homeless person who has no relationships and is drinking a bottle in a paper bag. Since we aren't there, we couldn't possibly have a problem. A 2021 study published in Drug and Alcohol Dependence looked at denial, and I want to read you a quote from the authors. They said, The high level of denial reported here was not anticipated in subjects with higher education and many life achievements. Individuals who might have had an advantage in noting that a general alcohol problem was present. However, Despite their heavy drinking and multiple alcohol-related problems, their high level of functioning might have convinced these subjects that they did not meet the stereotype of what individuals with AUD are like. The more that you can hold your life together, the easier it is to convince yourself that you don't have a problem. But imagine what you could achieve if you weren't hungover all the time. Imagine how fulfilling your life could be if you didn't spend hours thinking about your drinking every day. I love that the researchers from this study were surprised. They said that the highly educated successful people had an advantage in recognizing that they had a problem because they were highly educated and successful. It seems like the authors expected those people to be able to pick up on it and stop themselves. But alcohol can get anyone, even successful smart people. And this also shows that it's not a choice. Theoretically, if it were a choice, then the highly educated successful people would recognize 
recognized their drinking was getting out of control and just simply cut back. It didn't happen that way though. These people were in hardcore denial and their success made it worse because they could easily rationalize that they weren't like people who struggle with alcohol. It couldn't possibly be them. This study said that clinicians need to stop asking simple questions about drinking and instead utilize motivational interviewing and the audit questionnaire. So the audit is only 10 questions, so it doesn't take much time, but instead of just saying, how much do you drink? This questionnaire asks things like, how many standard drinks do you consume when you drink? How often do you have six or more drinks? During the past year, have you found that you were not able to stop drinking once you start? And how often have you felt guilty after drinking? These questions are much more revealing and allow doctors to see potential issues that are present. My doctor always just asks, how much do you drink? And I'd say socially, and then we'd move on. Drunk texting people alone in your house, though, is not the same thing as socializing. This study found that denial about the severity of a person's drinking did not differ across sex, level of education, or religious beliefs. Denial was more common with gray area drinkers though. People who had less drinks overall and met fewer criteria for AUD. They found that about 60 to 70% reported drinking more than intended, about half reported missing important obligations because of drinking, and about 25% reported persistent desire and inability to cut down or stop drinking. We excuse these things because we don't fit the stereotype of an alcoholic, but problem drinking is progressive. It gets worse. I was sober curious back in 2015 and occasionally could decide to have a mocktail instead of alcohol. I kept drinking and making excuses and my drinking kept getting worse. I didn't realize until years later, but around 2016, I lost the ability to not drink. I stopped being able to decide to have a mocktail, and I ignored it then too, and my mental health continued to get worse until I could no longer ignore it. But if you identify as sober curious or a gray area drinker, it just gets worse. You say, at least I don't drink every day, until you do drink every day. And then you start saying, at least I don't drink in the morning. There's always another at least. And number five, alcohol is a mind-altering drug and it impacts the way we think and feel. The more you drink, the more your brain adapts. I went into full detail on how alcohol affects our cognitive abilities in episode 60, but the main cognitive deficits that a problem drinker may experience are in executive functioning, memory, planning and strategy, emotional processing, and social skills. Problems in these areas can have a major impact on our ability to get sober, but with sobriety, many of our cognitive abilities will recover, while some issues may take a year or more. Research has found that problem drinkers favor short-term gratification at the expense of their future and long-term consequences, but it's hypothesized that we may struggle with awareness about the future and what will happen if we make the instant gratification type of choice. I think one of the main characteristics of addiction is a lack of awareness. We kinda know what's going on, but not really. Both because of how alcohol damages the brain and because of denial. 
Our memory can take more time to recover, specifically the part that allows us to recall and re-experience past events. This can take a year or more to fully recover. So I talked about the fading affect bias in episode 79 and how heavy drinking accelerates the process of forgetting negative everyday memories from our drinking. If you don't fully remember how bad your drinking makes you feel day to day, then it's easier to stay in denial about not having a problem. In episode 79, I described some research on why we don't seem to learn from our bad drinking experiences. I shared a quote from a paper where the researchers were talking about heavy drinkers and said, For such individuals, the unpleasant affect attached to events involving alcohol fades quickly, helping them recover and prepare for the next drinking occasion. This means that low and moderate drinkers are learning from their mistakes and remembering the bad parts of the drinking experience. But we're not learning anything, and we can't accurately look at our drinking for what it is. We always think it's going to be different this time because we forget the negative parts very quickly, so they don't weigh in on our decision to drink or not. We can spend years convincing ourselves that our drinking isn't a problem when deep down we know that it is. Or we can experiment and see what not drinking is like. You've given drinking a lot of chances. Yeah, it's hard to stop drinking because it's everywhere. We feel like everybody drinks and we don't want people to label us or judge us. But at the end of the day, all that matters is what you think of yourself. Do you like who you are when you drink? Do you like thinking about drinking all the time? Do you like bargaining with yourself and then letting yourself down? Do you like resisting cravings and not being satisfied with the amount you drink? Sometimes it's better to let things go. And here's a bonus reason. We don't think our life would be much better if we stopped drinking or we think it might be worse. I was convinced that not drinking would be the death of fun and happiness and that I'd never connect with my husband ever again. If you don't think sobriety would benefit you, then why would you give it a chance? What helped me was working on the positives I thought alcohol was bringing into my life and proving them wrong. Sure, I had a lot of fun for the first hour or two, but the rest of the time was miserable, and there was a strong chance of me blacking out, getting sick, or embarrassing myself. That's really not fun. So work on seeing the truth about your drinking and analyzing these positives that you think alcohol is bringing to your life and give sobriety a chance. You might find that it's way better than doing things with alcohol. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a big favor and share it with somebody? Sharing the show helps get the message out there and I really appreciate your support and I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of 
how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.